Welcome to the Old Time Radio Hour on Sid Valley Radio. This is Sid Valley Radio. This week on the Old Time Radio Hour, we'll be listening to a half-hour adventure show, followed by a 30-minute crime program. So, just sit back and relax as we revisit the truly golden age of radio. Adventure ahead! Adventure Ahead presents Toby Tyler, or Ten Weeks with a Circus. The Circus Classic by James Otis. A yarn which will bring nostalgia to most of us older folks, and we hope pleasure to those younger friends who are meeting Toby for the first time. It's Circus Day in the American city of Springfield. And a small and perspiring boy carries a heavy pail of water in each hand. As he struggles manfully under the double load, an old man comes out of a nearby tent and hails him. pretty hot work, eh, boy? Gee, I'll say, mister. Them elephants sure are thirsty. I don't know how many pails of water they've drunk. Well, you better put those pails down and rest a while, son. Wouldn't want you to get sunstroke. Yeah, I guess I will for a while. You with the circus, mister? Yep, been with it a long time, sonny. Gee, must be pretty exciting, all right. I'd sure like to be a circus man. Oh, you would, would you? What's your name, son? Tommy Davis. Tommy Davis, huh? Well, you know, Tommy, you remind me of a boy I used to be acquainted with once. He had red hair just like yours, and his face was speckled with freckles just like yours, too. You know what he did? No, what? Yeah, he kind of felt the way you did, so he ran away with the circus. Gee, he did? Yeah, Name was Toby Tyler. Oh, it's quite a story. Would you like to hear about it, Tommy? I sure would, mister. Well, all right, son. I guess we can let those elephants wait a while while we sit down on this plank and kind of take it easy. Yeah. Well, now, about this young fellow, Toby Tyler. He came from a little country town called Guilford, much smaller than Springfield it was. The circus was a big thing back then, and... There wasn't a boy around who didn't hanker to be a circus man. Anyway, the circus came to Toby Tyler's town, Guilford. And sure enough, down went Toby to the circus ground. And the first place he headed for was a refreshment stand where one of the circus men was selling peanuts, candy, and lemonade. What's it be, young fella? Uh, how much are your peanuts, mister? A nickel a bag. Well, he got a nickel. Only a cent. How many peanuts in a cent worth? I sent him six for a cent. Oh, couldn't you give me more than that? Nope. Six for a cent it was, and six it is. Well, all right, then. What's your name, boy? Toby Tyler. Well, you're quite a little shaver to be here all alone. Where's your father and mother? I don't know. Uncle Daniel says I'm an orphan. Uncle Daniel? Yep. He ain't my real uncle, though. I just live with him. Oh. So, uh, you're an orphan, huh? Yep. Say, mister, here's a bad peanut. Gonna give me another? Well, yeah, I guess I'd better. Say, the way you're eating those peanuts seems to me you haven't had any vittles for a week. Oh, yes, sir. I just had dinner. But I am an awful eater. I just can't seem to help it. Somehow I'm hungry all the time. Say, uh, mister, 
I don't suppose you'd like to sell me some candy and lemonade and let me pay you when I get older, would you? No, I don't do business that way. Well, I didn't suppose you would. Say, young fella, about your Uncle Daniel. Do you work for him? Yep, and I work hard, too. When Uncle Daniel says I eat four times as much as I earn. Well, then maybe you'd like to work somewhere else, huh? Well, I might. I see. Would you like to work for Job Lord, boy? Who? Who's Job Lord? Why, that's me. You mean travel with the circus? Yeah, that's the idea. This is your chance to be a circus man, young fella. You can help me sell peanuts and candy and lemonade. Gosh, me a circus man. Well, boy, how about it? Is it a bargain? Oh, you bet, Mr. Lord. I should say so. All right, then. You'll be here at 10 o'clock tonight. And mind you, not a word to your Uncle Daniel. You see, he might not understand and stop you from coming. Well, Tommy, you can imagine how excited Toby was. This was his big chance, all right. He ran for home almost as fast as his legs could carry him. But as night came, he began to feel pretty scared, too. You see, son, Toby hadn't lived anywhere else but Guilford all his life, and this was a pretty important decision for him to make. His Uncle Daniel noticed at the dinner table that something was wrong. Well, well, Toby, what ailed you? You haven't eaten a thing. Oh, there ain't nothing the matter, Uncle Daniel. Nonsense, boy, nonsense. Are you sick? No, sir. I ain't sick. Uh, it's the first time I ever see you leave anything on your plate. Anyhow, you'd better go upstairs to bed. Nothing like a good night's sleep to set you straight again. I'm going into the parlor and read the scriptures. Well, son, it got pretty close to 10 o'clock, and over at the circus grounds, Joe Blord waited and wondered if Toby had managed to get away from his Uncle Daniel's farm or whether the boy's nerve had failed him at the last moment. As Lord watched the wagon leading to Guilford, an old circus wagon driver who everybody called Old Ben joined him. I hear you hired a new boy, Job. That's right. I'm waiting for him now. Mm. You don't seem to have much luck with the boys you hire, do you, Job? What do you mean? Well, you don't seem to keep them very long. They all run away sooner or later. And good riddance. They were spoiled brats, every dang one of them. Well, maybe they run away because you don't treat them right, Job. Maybe you'd try minding your own business, Ben. Yeah. Well, it seems to me if you ease up on this new boy, why, you might be able to keep him a while. Now, look, Ben, I don't need any advice from an old broken-down teamster like you. I'll handle this boy the way I see fit. Well, in that case, I hope the boy don't show up. Well, go ahead and hope, Ben. Won't do you much good because here he comes now. Tommy, the circuses weren't very big, and they didn't travel on trains and trailer trucks like they do now. Everything was loaded on big high wagons, and in this way, the circus moved from town to town. Well, as I said, old Ben was one of the drivers, and he arranged to have Toby ride with him through the night. The two struck up a friendship right away, and the veteran teamster gave the young fellow some good words of advice. Yeah, Betsy. Come on, May. Lift them hooves. Well, Toby, I reckon you're pretty excited about being with the circus, ain't you? Yes, sir, I sure am. Well, I ain't never met the boy who wouldn't be. But now, Toby, listen to me and listen sharp. 
The circus ain't no place for a little feller like you. But now that you're here, well, you got to make the best of it. You just keep your red head on your shoulders and your wits about you. You shouldn't have no trouble. It was a pretty long ride before they reached the next town, and Toby managed to fall asleep in spite of the rough motion of the wagon. When he awoke, it was broad daylight. He saw that the wagons had stopped in the middle of a broad, grassy field. The whole place was buzzing and humming like a high-powered beehive. And he saw men putting up tents and pounding stakes and leading out the animals. Well, when Toby saw this, he scrambled from the wagon and walked over to a brook at the edge of the field. He was just leaning over and washing his face when he... Hey, you! Toby Tyler! Huh? Oh, good morning, Mr. Lord. Ah, good morning, you, you little brat. Where you been all this time? Well, sir, I just woke up and walked over here. Huh? I thought I'd wash and tidy up before breakfast. Wash up? I'll soon break you with that, you little scamp. Do you think I hired you to take up my time washing? But, Mr. Lord, it ain't right to eat breakfast without washing. It ain't proper. Oh, so I picked up a preacher, have I? Now listen to me, my bantam. I do all the preaching around here as well as the practicing. And I've got a nice quick way of making you understand. Come here, boy. Mr. Lord, what are you going to do? Well, nothing, Toby, nothing at all. I just lost my temper for a minute. You're my little friend, boy. I wouldn't hurt you. Come closer. That's it. Ah, oh, this will learn your respect I wanted. Oh, oh, please, Mr. Lord. Don't hit me with that cane again. I'll lambaste some manners into you. Oh, my hey, back. Oh, my back. What's that? What's going on here? Huh? Here, give me that cane. Why, you... Give me that cane, Why, I say. Why... Stay up your old tricks of whipping your boys, are you, Job? I'll bust up this cane of yours so you'll never use it again. Now, look here, Ben. I told you to keep your nose out of my business. This boy works for me, and I'll do as I please. If I ever hear you flogging this lad again, you'll get a thrashing from me you'll never forget. You understand? Toby, boy, I'll see you later. We've got some human folks around here I'd like to have you meet. Meet Bosco the Clown. Bosco, this is Joe Blord's new boy. Hello, boy. Gosh, uh, uh, hello, Mr. Bosco. You don't look well, boy. Undernourished, if you ask me. Well, uh, I ain't never had enough to eat, but I feel all right, Mr. Bosco. It's them who feel all right that go sudden. Here today, gone tomorrow. Take care of yourself, boy. You never complain. Gosh, Ben. Is Bosco really a clown? Yeah, one of the best in the big show. But why is he so sad? <laughs> oh, he's repressed, Bosco is. You see, Toby, he always wanted to be an undertaker. Oh. <laughs> oh, and Toby, meet Sam Treat, the living skeleton. Hello, son. Gosh, Mr. Treat, you sure are skinny. I'm the skinniest man in the world. Yes, sir, I'm the skinniest bag of bones there is. Say, uh... You're Joe Blowett's boy, aren't you? Yes, sir. I heard about what the old tyrant's trying to do to you this morning. Lucky you happened along, Ben. Yeah, like I told the boy, if Job tries it again, he'll answer to me. Samuel! Samuel! I, I guess Millie's looking for you, Sam. Here I am, my dove! Is, is all that your wife, Mr. Treat? She sure is. 
She weighs over 400 pounds and still gaining. Yeah. She's what they call the fat woman, Toby. Yep. With me as the living skeleton and her as the fat woman, we make a pretty good thing of it with the big show. Samuel Treat, where's your head? You'll catch your death in the moon you're standing out in the cold like this. Oh, hello, little boy. I didn't see you. Uh, Lily, darling, this is Toby Tyler, Joe Lord's new boy. Why, what a little chap you are. Isn't he small, Samuel? Yes. As small as he is, Joe Lord laid a cane across his back this morning. Oh, that Lord man's a precious one he is. I'll give him a good shake in one of these days. Mark me. Well, Tommy, old Ben introduced Toby to many other circus performers, and they all became Toby's fast friends. But the best friend of all, the closest in Toby's confidence, was an old monkey. The old fellow, as soon as he saw Toby there with his nose pressed against the bars jumped down from the ring on which he was swinging and reached out a hairy hand through the cage. Well, hello there. So you want to shake hands and be friends? Well, I do too. And here's my hand on it. You know what? I like you. And I'm going to call you Mr. Stubbs. Yes, sir. You know why? Well, because you look so much like a fellow named Stubbs I knew back in Guilford. Yep, Mr. Stubbs, you're the living image of him. Although he don't have quite as many whiskers as you do. You know, Mr. Stubbs, it's mighty funny. You're a monkey and I'm a boy. But you seem to know what I'm saying, and I know what you're thinking. Hey, you! Boys! Well, Mr. Lazybones, what in tarnation are you doing out here? Get away from that monkey cage and get into that main tent, quick. Be sharp about it now. There's a good crowd in there, and you'd better let them know you're selling lemonade. You understand? You know what, Mr. Stubbs? I'm going to run away from this circus first chance I get. Now, remember, Mr. Stubbs, this is a secret. Nobody knows but you. Some of the folks give me extra money when I sell them lemonade. And I'm going to save and save. And when I save enough, I'm going to run away and take you with me. that very moment, other plans were being made for him. The circus riding master, a hard-faced fellow by the name of Castle, dropped in to see Toby's employer. Hey, Job, I've got a proposition for you. About that boy of yours, Toby Tyler. Well, what about him, Castle? I'd like to train him to be a bareback rider. A boy as little as him riding on a big horse, and be a surefire crowd-pleaser. Maybe, but he's doing pretty well where he is. He always looks hungry and sad, and the customers oh, buy. Don't be a fool, Joe. You'll make ten times more out of him if he rides in the center ring. Huh? He'll draw a big salary as a performer. Well, that sounds fine, but what's in it for me? You own him, I'll train him. We can split his earnings 50-50. What do you say? All right, Castle, it's a deal. You can start to train him tomorrow. <laughs> not, Tommy, but riding bareback is one of the hardest things there is. For days, Toby dangled in a leather belt, trying to keep his balance and his courage as his feet slipped about on the horse's back. And Mr. Castle, by the way, was almost as hard a taskmaster as Joe Lord was an employer. Now, boy, stand up on the saddle pad and try to keep your balance. 
If you fall and a horse gets out from under you, the leather belt will hold you up. Yes, sir, Mr. Castle. I'll try. Keep your wits about you now. Stand up on the horse. Yes, sir. All right. Now, here we go. Stand up, boy. Stand up. Betcha, don't look at the ground. Look ahead. Faster, Sultan. Faster. Stay on your feet, boy. No, no, that's not it. Whoa, Sultan, whoa. You clumsy little fool. Can't you learn to stand on that horse? That's uh, no use. You'll never learn. Get to bed now. But, but, Mr. Castle, I ain't had any supper. Oh, you ain't had any supper. Well, my bantam, you won't get any either. Maybe you'll learn how to ride tomorrow on an empty stomach. Toby didn't know that a little golden-haired girl had watched the whole performance. Old Ben had introduced them when Toby had first come to the circus. She was a performer, a bareback rider, who used the professional name of Mademoiselle Jeanette, but whose real name was Ella. When Toby left the riding circle after Mr. Castle had dressed him down, she followed him. Don't cry, Toby. I saw you ride just now, and I think you'll be a fine performer someday. No, I won't. I'm scared to ride. Well, you're not scared of the horse. You're scared of Mr. Castle. Tell you what, Toby. What? I'm going to ask Mr. Castle if he'll let us ride together. I can help you a lot. And it won't be very long before we can do an act all by ourselves. And then won't the people clap their hands when we come in. Well, gosh, do you really think we can ride together, Ella? Why, of course I do, Toby. Now, whatever this fella Castle was, Tommy, he was a showman. And he was quick to see the money-making possibilities of this new team. He put Toby and Ella through their paces, hour after hour, day after day. Stay close, you two. Eyes straight ahead. Feet flat on the saddle pad. Faster, Sultan, faster! Arms up in the air. Now out to the side. Scratch your boy, hold him out straight. Now turn around, keep your wits about you now. Easy, easy, does it. Remember now, there isn't any saddle under you anymore. You gotta stand on the horse now, you'll break your bones. Careful, boy, careful. Bend a little at the knees, you fool. Faster, Sultan, faster. Taught you all I can. I figure you're both ready now. You're opening your act tomorrow night. Gosh, Ella, I'm scared. You needn't be, Toby. I'll be with you every minute. Now you just hold, hold my hand tight. Hold till we ride out to the ring. All right, Ella. I guess I ain't scared anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Presenting. For the first time in America, a new, superb, and sensational pair of big top performers, fresh from a triumphant tour abroad, where they played before and held spellbound all the crown heads of Europe. Introducing to you now two of the youngest equestrians in the world, in a great. 
Well, Tommy, I was there. And I can tell you, Toby and Ella were a sensation. In fact, the owner of the circus was so pleased that he gave Toby Mr. Stubbs the monkey as a reward. But in spite of the fact that Toby was now a successful performer, it never for one minute kept him from planning to run away and take Mr. Stubbs with him. Finally, he told his secret, the secret that only Mr. Stubbs and he knew, to Ella. I'm going to run away from the circus and Mr. Lord and Mr. Castle, Ella. Run away? Yep. I'm going home to Uncle Daniel. Oh, but Toby, you... Gosh, what's the matter, Ella? If, if you run away, I'll never see you again, Tom. Oh, yes, you will, Ella. Honest. Oh. You know what? What? I'm just a runaway boy now. But someday I'll be grown up into a man. And then I'll come back with my pockets full of gold dollars and buy a whole circus just for you and me. Will you, Toby? Honest? Honest. Cross your heart and hope to die. Cross my heart and hope to die. Oh, Toby. Toby, I'll miss you. I'll miss you just awful. We're going now, Mr. Stubbs. It's dark, and I don't think there's anyone following us. Mr. Stubbs we got to be awful careful not to make any noise and wake anyone up. Once we get away from the circus grounds and down the road, you can talk all you want. Yes, sir, Mr. Stubbs. We're all going home to Gilpin and the farm. Won't you have a good time when we get there? You can run all over the barn and up the trees and... Toby, stop! Someone's seen us, Mr. Stubbs. Come on, we better run or we'll get caught. Toby! He's gaining on us, Mr. Stubbs. He's going to catch us. If it's Mr. Lord or Mr. Castle, we'll get whipped. Toby, you don't have to be afraid. Oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Oh, gosh, you scared me. I thought maybe maybe it was Mr. Lord. I got the note you left in my bed, Toby. But I wanted to see you before you left. Oh, gosh, Ben. I left the note so as I wouldn't wake you. I know, I know. Now, listen to me, Toby. Go into the woods for a day or two before you take the train back to Guildford. You're too big a prize for Joe Lord or Castle to lose. And they're going to do their level best to catch you. They do that, son? Yes, sir, Ben. I will. Well, goodbye, my boy. And if ever the time comes when you want to remember that, well, that you had a friend, you think of old Ben, whose heart just beats as warm for you as if he was your father. Goodbye, my boy. Goodbye, and may the good Lord bless you. Goodbye, Ben. Goodbye. Gosh, Mr. Stubbs, it's dark as cane in these woods. We've only come a little ways, but these here trees are so thick, and there's no moon. Mr. Stubbs, listen. They're after us, Mr. Stubbs. Mr. Lord and Mr. Castle. They've got dogs and they're following us. Come on, Mr. Stubbs. We better run deeper in these woods. We've got to get away. They're closing in on us, Mr. Stubbs. I'm so tired. I can't run anymore. Maybe, maybe we better climb up in this tree and hide. Maybe they'll go past us. Well, Castle, 
Looks like we finally treed the little vomit. Yep, there he is, Lord, up there, holding a monk. Come down out of that tree, boy. Come down and be quick about it. There goes the monk. Mr. Stubbs, the guy's got a gun. Good shot, Joe. You got him proper. You killed him. You killed Mr. Stubbs. Now then, my cock of the walk, we'll deal with you. Come down out of that tree. That's it, my boy. Come on down. You let us a pretty face, but we're willing to forget. Me and you're so obedient. Now, oh, you freckle-faced little swine. What do you mean running out on us after all we've done for you? Seems to me the boy needs a little lesson, Job. Yes, uh, Castle, that's just what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'll hold him. You let him have it with your cane. Go ahead and squirm, boy. It ain't going to do you no good. You need a thrashing and you're going to get it. All right, Castle. I don't... Run out on us, will you? Well, we'll teach you some manners. Castle. Somebody's coming. Stop beating that boy, Clarence. Who do you think it is? I don't know. I'm going to give you both a fast. You'll never forget for whipping that boy. Oh, no, you don't. Joe, don't lose your head, you fool. Look, it's old Ben. Joe, Lord, you crazy fool. You killed him. No, no. I didn't mean to do it, Castle. I didn't mean to do it. The gun went off of you. Shut up, you lunatic. We haven't got time for that now. We got to get out of here quick. Yeah, come on. Ben. Well, Tommy, they found Toby in the morning crying his heart out over Mr. Stubbs and old Ben. Then they took Toby back to the circus grounds, and the circus folk got together a collection, put Toby on the train for Guilford. And so it was, after ten weeks with the circus, that Toby Tyler entered Uncle Daniel's familiar parlor again. The old man was sitting by the window. His face was sad. Uncle Daniel. Uncle Daniel. What? What? Why, it's Toby. Toby, you've come home. Oh, bless my heart, boy. You've come home. Please, Uncle Daniel. Forgive me for being wicked and, and running away with the circus. Please let me stay here again, Uncle Daniel. Oh, my dear boy. My little lad. You've made me a happy old man. Why, of course. Of course you can stay here. I didn't know how much I loved you till you went away. And I I know now why you did run off. Uncle Daniel. Oh, now, Toby, lad. Toby, I, I want you to stay here. And, Toby, I'm glad you came home. Well, Tommy, I guess that's about all. Except that they finally tracked down Job Lord and Castle. Those two gentlemen got what they deserved. Well, that's the story of Toby Tyler, just as it happened. As I said, uh, you reminded me a lot of him. That's why I told you the story, I guess. Still feel like being a circus man? Well, gosh, I ain't so sure now. Maybe I'd better wait a little while. <laughs> yes, I guess maybe you had. Well, Tommy, we better get back to hauling water. Those elephants are beginning to look thirsty again. Oh, uh... Here's a couple of passes for the big tent for your trouble. Gee, two passes. 
Reserved seats, too. You sure you can spare them, mister? <laughs> oh, I guess I can. You see, son, I own the circus. Toby. Toby Tyler. All right, Ella, dear. I'm coming. This is the Old Time Radio Hour on Sid Valley Radio. In New York, a famous composer sips his brandy and dies. The lovely lady vanishes. On the French Riviera, a childish tune is played again and again behind the locked door. Jagged pieces of a horrible puzzle fitted together into a pattern of murder by Christopher London. Christopher London, created especially for radio by the world's most widely read mystery writer, Earl Stanley Gardner. Transcribed, produced, and directed by William N. Robeson. And starring Mr. Glenn Ford. I am Christopher London who can't even take a little walk in the moonlight with a beautiful woman without finding a dead body in his path. Everyone else seems to be able to do the average sort of thing, go to a show or a concert without the man in the next seat winding up with a stiletto on his back, but not me, no. no. Like that night, I went to Carnegie Hall to hear the new piano concerto by my old friend, Louis Deshaies. Louis was the kind of man you seldom come across anymore. Vital despite 60-odd years with an eye for the ladies. 20 cigars a day, evenings of brandy, roulette, and romance. Well, after the concert, he slipped away with me to a small bar around the corner from Carnegie Hall where we could chat quietly. Oh, Christopher, how I detest to listen to my own music. Oh, nerve-wracking. Ah, it will be good to get away, to relax. No music, no work. Where are no you one... going? Wandelka. She has written me to spend a holiday at her chateau in Monte Carlo. Wandelka, the pianist? Yes. Oh, that's a great artist. I've heard her play. Oh, one of the most remarkable women of our time. Even now at 60, she can captivate the heart of men half her age. The vitality, the allure. I, I fell in love with her twice in my life. Once at 16 and again at 40. I even wanted to marry her. Me, Louis Dauchet, willing to marry. But I couldn't afford her. Extravagant? Oh, that is an understatement. <laughs> Wadelka, she lives to the hilt. Compared to her, I'm middle class. Oh, how that woman lives. The fortune she's lost at roulette. The racing car she has bought. The chateau she's lived in. Oh, she sounds wonderful. At 60, she is not only a great pianist, linguist, mathematician, poet. You know, you sound as though you're still in love with her. It's too bad you couldn't afford her. Oh, Need I tell you how little a composer like me earns? Few concerts, the sale of records. That is all. Oh, for a man with my taste, it has been hard. But now, all will be changed. Christopher, when I return, I shall be a wealthy man. Oh, how are you going to manage that? <laughs> I cannot tell you, Christopher. I beg your pardon. Huh? Is this seat taken? Oh, no. Uh, do sit down, mademoiselle. I was at the concert. 
Oh, it was a beautiful concerto, Mr. Deshaies. Oh, oh, you know who I am. Oh, oh how nice. And you are? Oh, just a girl called Anne. Anne, uh, this is Mr. London. Hello. Hello. Another round, gents. How about you, young lady? Uh, yes, the young lady may have whatever she wishes. Oh, oh no, I only intend. Oh, but I insist. Oh, thank you. A vermouth cassis, please. Another cognac for me. Uh, Christopher? No, no, thanks. Anne? May I tell you that you are the most beautiful young lady that I've met in many a dalier? Christopher, isn't she exquisite? Very. Yes, I'm partial to lavender eyes and red hair. Thank you. Perhaps you are musician. Oh, no. I'm I'm nobody. Oh. It's strange my, my sitting here with two men who lead such exciting lives. I, too. Heavens, I know the name Christopher London. Oh. There's your drinks. Oh, thank you. thank you very much, yes. To your concerto, Mr. Deshaies. To your beauty, Mademoiselle Anne. Thank you. Oh, look, isn't that a turby over there? Where? Over there, in the corner. Turn around and tell me. No resemblance, but it is not a turby. Mm, no, I, I see now it isn't. Oh, dear, what time is it? Hmm? Oh, let's see. It's, uh, oh, 11.40. Oh, I must make a phone call. Do excuse me for a second. I'll be right back. Oh, la, 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 la. Oh, such beauty. Oh, that soft skin. That red hair. That red hair is one of the finest wigs I've ever seen. Oh, Christopher, ridiculous. Now, somewhere I've met her before, but where? You cynical young man. Oh, no, my friend. You are so wrong. You are... Honey, I, 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 I'm dizzy, dizzy. What's the matter? My eyes, I... What? Huh? Christopher! Oh, wait, wait a minute. What's wrong with him, mister? He's dead. She? How? Uh, you better not wash that cognac glass. I have a hunch the police will find poison in it. Getting us to turn our backs. That's the oldest trick in the world. We fell for it. That, that... Redhead? Yeah, yeah, the beautiful, phony redhead. You were right, Mr. London. Poison. Uh, how about the girl, Inspector? Not a trace. What gets me is the motive. Why bump off an old guy who writes music? <laughs> Maybe the music was real lousy, huh? No, no, somebody didn't want him to go abroad. Ah, that's tough luck. Europe must be swell this time of year. Yes, I, I think it will be. Well, what do you mean? I'll see you when I get back. Where are you going? To the south of France. There's a woman I ought to meet. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's different. I thought you were going on business. I am, Inspector. Grim business. It's always hard to lose a friend, especially when his music has brought joy to a world which needs all the joy it can get. I was angry, cold angry. Poor Louis de Chaise. Never again to see his old love, the great, the famous Wandelka. And to come back a wealthy man. What did it all mean? Why should he die at the hands of a girl with lavender eyes and a lilting voice? So I boarded a plane for France. And the next night, I walked into the fabulous casino at Monte Carlo. I went from table to table, looking for the artist and woman known as Wandelka. When suddenly... Hello, London. Huh? Well, Phil Zeruccio, huh? 
Well, how time flies. Last time I saw you, a, a grand jury was indicting you for murder. Yeah, but I got a good mouthpiece. How's Broadway? Yeah, a lot safer since you were deported, Phil. I got news for you, London. I ain't particularly delighted at seeing you here. Afraid I'll spoil some little project you're working on? Listen, I'm a respectable businessman here. Bought myself a chain of restaurants. Pure as the driven snow, you might say, speaking of me. I bet. Probably every politician from Marseille to Rome is bribed up to their beards. Talk sweet, London. Better yet, don't talk. Just beat it. Get out of Monaco. Try Bulgaria or Iceland. You know, I've often wondered, Zeruccio, did you really have 40 guys killed off like the DA said? Or was it all of us? I'm warning you, London, stop needling. I got pull in Europe. I can have you out of here in a day. Keep your nose clean and stay out of my hair. I knew Phil Zeruccio. Compared to him, Lucky Luciano and Lepke were sissies. Or was he on the level about turning over a new leaf? And what was he doing here in a plaid dinner jacket, wandering about the casino of Monte Carlo? Did he know the girl of the lavender eyes? Had he ever heard of one Delta? I strolled out into the gardens, thinking, thinking. Penny for your thoughts, Kit. What? Oh, well, Professor Sullivan. Oh, bless you, Kit. It's good to see you. I've missed you dreadfully. How did you know I'd be here? Intuition, my now, friend. Now, wait a minute. Don't kid me, Professor. Every time I'm working on a case, you pop up. Havana, Paris, everywhere I go. Ah, but you pay me so well, Kit. Now, can I do any favors now for you? I'm your humble servant. You can trust me. Uh, oh, yes, always for a price. <laughs> You've been in jail since I last saw you? Oh, only a fortnight in Algiers. Oh, Kit, Algerian prisons are gloomy places. <laughs> Well, I suppose I've got to let you help me. Yeah, that's right. You're my conscience, Kit. Mm. You always pay me to do something legal and save me from evil association. I've a proposition. Ah, oh, those words are like rose petals. How much? Oh, fifty. What do I steal? Do you know a woman called Wandelka? Oh, yes, a great woman. Great pianist. A beautiful... Take me to her chateau. Oh, now I'd be cheating you if I did that. See, the poor lady was... Did you say was? Yes. May the saints cherish her. Wondelka died yesterday. Tomorrow morning is her funeral. Behind this tombstone. I dislike graveyards intensely, but this funeral fascinates me. I wonder who are those two mourners? Hmm? Oh, they are her only relatives, her sister and her niece. They came from Poland only recently. Uh-huh. I wonder what they look like. I wish they'd raise up their veils. Oh, that's better. Oh, thank you. Well, the mother must have been a beauty in her day. Wondelka was even more beautiful, at 60. Her only relatives, huh? Oh, yes, yes, that's right. She never married, did she? Oh, the niece is exquisite. Yeah, there now. Isn't she the most beautiful brunette you've ever seen? So she just came from Poland, did she? Yes. Hmm. Well, the day before yesterday, I saw her sitting at a bar on 56th Street in New York in a red wig. Oh, that's impossible. Now, she came from Poland. Oh, Professor, it grieves me to tell you this. 
But you're a liar. Oh, Kit. If you didn't pay me so well, I'd be hurt to the quick. Now, how well do you really know these two women? Come on, now, tell the truth. I've never spoken a word to For $50 more, would you tell me the real truth? Oh, well, in that case, I thought so. Cash. Oh, Professor, Professor, you're a rascal. All right, here you are. Good, good. Now, the truth is this. Those charming women pay me to stay in this town so that I can notify them should anyone try and get near Wondelka's chateau. Why are they so eager to keep people away from that house? Who knows? Perhaps, I'll merely say, perhaps, Wondelka is not in that coffin at all. got another passkey here. Might do it. It, it will get into trouble entering without permission. Now you're a stickler for ethics at the wrong time, Professor. There now. That does it. Well, this is quite a place. Yes, it dates back to Marie Antoinette. Uh, I wonder where the servants are. You know, that's a strange thing, Kit. A few days after the two women arrived here, not a servant could be located. Oh, naturally. Uh, where could one Delka be? I don't know. Not that, I swear, is true. Uh, uh, I wonder where that staircase leads over there. Mm. Oh, that's to the bedrooms. All right, let's try it. Huh? Look, the uh, women will be coming back from the funeral soon. Courage, Professor. This, uh, this staircase was built too steep. Shh, shh, wait a minute. Listen, listen. Behind that door. Perhaps that's one Delka. Undoubtedly. See here. And that's locked. Uh, Wondelka. <clears throat> Wondelka, is that you? Yeah, it gives me goose pimples to hear that. A great pianist playing like a child, feeble minded, insane, maybe? Yes. And why is she being kept a prisoner in her own house? Now, look, I'll give you another 50. Now, if you were to offer me a million, I couldn't tell you, Kit. Now, those women tell me very little. Wondelka. Wondelka, look, I know you're being held a prisoner. I've come to help you. Can you hear me? That's uh, like a lunatic asylum. Come on, let's get out of here. Yes, yes, sir. They'll be back soon, and I want to meet those lovely ladies on a different basis. But, Kit, what does Wondelka mean to you? A friend of mine loved her. I have uh, come to offer my condolences at your loss. I'm from America. I I played many times in the Philharmonic Orchestra when Wondelka was the soloist. Won't you come in? Mama, this is an American gentleman who knew poor auntie. He has come to pay his respects. You come at unhappy time. Won't you sit down? Thank you, madame. Your sister was one of the great musicians, one of the great women of the century. She inspired me to love music and to love life. She will be remembered as was Bernhardt and Duza and Madame Curie. Oh, I am glad to know someone young and a foreigner still holds her memory dear. What was the cause of her death, madame? Pneumonia. 
She insists on going to casino. She loves to play roulette. And that night it rained, it rained. And, and she catch cold. She was so weak. And... Oh, don't cry, Mama. The past is over. Why are there no servants here to attend to your needs, madame? We wish to sit here alone with our grief. Oh, but we are being ungracious, Anna. The wine. Ah, your name is Anna? Yes, my sister had always a great wine cellar. You stay here, Anna, and entertain the gentleman. I will get the wine. Why you look at me like that, monsieur? I came to find death. And I found beauty. Thank you. It is so seldom one sees a Polish girl with hair so black. My father was part Italian. Oh, I see. You know, were Renoir alive today, he would wish to paint you. Your coloring is exquisite. The black, black hair, the lavender eyes. You make love to me, monsieur. This is a most unhappy time. Oh, but when a man is swept off his feet... Love does not wait on birth or death. I had heard how impetuous Americans were. I... Oh, no, no. What would my mother say? Oh, she's still in the wine cellar. You are wicked. Oh? Well, then, one kiss. Yes. You are no saint. Yet you are charming. Anna. Mm. Anna. Oh, Anna, I could compose a tone poem to that name. Please, Mother is coming back. Oh, Mother has no sense of timing. Oh, those steps are hard on old women. Mm. Oh, here, Anna. Pour the gentleman his wine. Taste it. And tell me if you have ever had a finer amoroso. Yes, drink, monsieur. Aren't you joining me? Not just now. Oh, but I insist your daughter at least take part in an old American custom. Uh? Uh, yes, it's called the loving cup. Now, when a man meets a girl as lovely as your daughter, he asks her, he asks her to drink first from his glass. Anna is too young to drink. Oh, but surely an exception can be made here. I accept your flattery, monsieur. However... It is not flattering. No, to look at you is to have some of the chill taken from the memory of your dead aunt. Now, wait... Don't I hear a piano being played somewhere? Oh, no, young man. Imagination plays tricks, you know. My poor sister. Oh, yes, yes, of course. I must have imagined it. Come, Anna. You shall have the first sip from my glass. I cannot allow my daughter... I insist. It is difficult, young man, to know where flattery ends and rudeness begins with you. Surely you can't object to drinking your own wine, Anna. Or can you? Of course not. No, no, certainly not. Well, then. Anna, no. That's a pretty phony accent you girls are wearing. All right, wise guy. Now, just stand quite uh, still. What a smart little revolver. It'll do the work. Professor. Yes, yes, I'm coming. Tie this fool up in the cellar. Oh. Poor kid. 
You shouldn't have come here. Oh, Professor, sometimes you shake my faith in the human race. You're listening to Christopher London, starring Glenn Ford. You know, Professor, that gun pointing at me is superfluous. Ha <laughs> ha, bless you, kid. I'll take no chances with you. Oh, where's your shame? I mean, taking my money and then telling those women about me. Well, it's difficult to have both a conscience and a bank book at the same time. Uh, what wouldn't you do for money? Offhand, I can't really imagine. <laughs> uh, tell me, how much did they pay you to double-cross me? 50,000 francs. Well, that's hardly worth the effort, the way francs are these days. Now, don't undermine my confidence in international finance, kid. You know, I pity you. Here you'll sit and starve while they go on trying to get her secret from her. What secret? I wish I knew. I asked Lottie, that's the girl who calls herself Anna. Lottie's from Newark, New Jersey. Worked in a burlesque for a while. Uh, I'll bet she did. I asked her what secret would one doker have. She only snarled at me. It's amazing how beautiful women can snarl. Uh, Louis de Chaise was poisoned at the bar by Lottie. Why? He was coming to visit Wandelka. He was sure he'd strike it rich. Now, what had Wandelka written him? I mean, why should she, of all people, be kept a prisoner? Why the fake funeral? Too bad you'll never know the answer. You think they're asleep by now? Oh, yes. Oh, think of that wonderful woman, Professor. Haven't you any sentiment? Well, for $500 in American money, I could weep buckets. And at the same time, cut your cords. Two hundred. Five. Either my price or I sit here and I starve. Now, which is it going to be? Oh, well, naturally, I can't let you die. That's a deal. There's no use unless I get to that room upstairs. Oh, by the merest chance, I picked the old lady's pocket. What? Yes, I have the key. And for another fifty... No, 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 no. Oh, well, what can I do? My heart can't allow you to be eaten by rats. Wait, here. I'll cut you free. That's it. Well... Uh, you're a noble soul, Professor. Yes. Now, here's the key. Now, we go upstairs to find Wendelka. Oh, not me. No, I've had enough for one day. I'll go back and have sweet dreams in your hotel room. Now then, give me the money. Oh, I haven't it on me. How about tomorrow? Fortunately, in the past, your credit has been good. Well, Kit, we come to the parting of the ways. I back to town and you too. Yes, yes. Who knows where? Madam Mondelka. Madam Mondelka. Who are you? I don't know you. Go away. I don't know you. Please try to understand what I'm saying. It's very important. I've come to get you away from these women. I don't know you. Yes, yes, I know. All right, I know. I know about that. Now, we're going to get you out of here. I'll take you to a hospital. I'll take care of you. You'll be well again. Stop playing and listen to me. My name is Christopher London. I'm a friend of Louis de Chaise. Ah, good. I had to make sure. Thank heaven you have come. Uh, the fools. The arrogant fools. Who did they think they were browbeating some poor little old lady? How easy it was to pretend I was out of my mind. 
You say you know my friend, Louis. Yes. He was all set to sail for France when he was murdered. Murdered? Oh, no. Poor, poor man. How horrible. Yes, well, I hated to tell you. Well, at my age, one's friends die one by one. Who killed him? That girl. It was that girl, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, poor Louis. He was always a boy at heart about a pretty face. Like I am about a handsome face. I must say, young man, I could not ask for a finer-looking rescuer than you. How romantic of you to bother about an old lady like me. Well... Not really an old lady. Don't be too optimistic. We've got to get out of here. This is a dangerous gang. Yes, I see them all hanged yet. Or the guillotine. Her pretty head chopped off. Oh, my poor Louis. Tell me, why did they kill him? He was the only one to whom I confided my secret. Secret? Young man, I have three passions. Attractive men, the playing of the piano, and the roulette wheel. The first two, I mastered. But the third, now, at last, I have, after years, I have discovered a perfect mathematical system to break the bank at Monte Carlo. Oh? This gang found out about my system. The Tellor, they take over my chateau one day, pretend to be my relatives, get rid of my friends, get rid of my servants, and I am their captive. But I do not tell them the system. I destroy all papers, all calculations. Oh, but you must have one copy hidden. Ah, I have. Now, look, this is no time to play... This a... is it. This is the system. Well, what do you mean? Play the tune in the key of E. You see, flat as the code for number one. Well, it's the old musical code. Naturally. Played and varied five times. When it's decoded, the entire numerical system is spelled out. I've kept it in my mind all this time. Played it so I would not forget. Okay, wise guy, I told you to keep your hands off. Hello, Zeruccio. You're at the bottom of all this, huh? Oh, what are you going to do? Don't beat me again. Shut up, you idiotic fool. Stop playing and come across with that system. What system? I'm just an old lady who... Oh, it! My arm! Oh, my arm! Smart work, one second. Uh, oh, no, you don't, Zeruccio. Uh, oh, my way, London. Not so fast. Get his gun. I have it. Shall I shoot them both? It would be a pleasure. You're not insane. No. And my fingers are exceptionally strong, thanks to Mozart. You silly girl. I'll stand guard, Monsieur London. You get the police. What about the other woman? Where is she? It does not matter. If she shows up, I'll take care of her. If she does not show up, the police, they will find her. You're everything that Louis said, madame. Brave, wise, and beautiful. I think soon I shall play a concert dedicated to you, monsieur. Oh, if I were 20 years younger. You are eternally young, madame. What? Hold up your hands. Oh, you caught them. Yes, I'm afraid your heroics have come a little late, Professor. Oh, Wondelka, give him your gun. He will stand guard until I come back with the police. You must be weary. Weary? Nonsense. After you are done with the police, come to the casino. I will be there playing my system. 
I'll treat you to champagne and introduce you to all the pretty girls. Oh, so that was it. A system to break the bank, eh? But uh, what is the system? You'd like to know, Professor? Oh, yes. Very much, huh? Very much, yes. Yeah, I see. Well, give him your system, Wondelka. Allegro con molto. Christopher London, starring Glenn Ford. Transcribed, produced, and directed by William N. Robeson. And created especially for radio by the world's most widely read mystery writer, Earl Stanley Gardner. Tonight's play was written by Bernard Schoenfeld with a musical score composed and conducted by Van Cleave. Included in Mr. Ford's company were Ben Wright, Eleanor Audley, Ramsey Hill, Jeanette Nolan, Ted DeCorsia, Georgia Ellis, and Rick Vallon. The Old Time Radio Hour will be back next Sunday at 4 o'clock. We hope you can join us, here on Sid Valley Radio.